Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the uh, Monday, September 12th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, Bald Avenger, your host. I am out here in the Sonoran Desert of Arizona, uh, bringing you this uh, this reading that we're going to do, this reading of uh, Puritan Prayers, uh, Spurgeon's Morning and Evening Devotional, and um, scriptures from Robert Murray McShane's Bible reading plan that he had created for his uh, congregation. It's the Read the Bible in the Year. We'll be reading today. It'll be five different chapters uh, in the Word of God. Um, I, I actually, I, I got to let you know, I actually do have some coffee. No, it's not the shipment. It hasn't shown up yet, but the wife and I did a little bit of shopping. We're trying to uh, better what we intake, move away from a little bit of the process stuff because she has a number of um, lifelong issues we're now dealing with, and I have a number as well. So we're trying to uh, naturally deal with some. We, we're not, we're not, please don't assume we're nuts. We're, you know, we're working through our doctor and everything, but, um, excuse me, take some coffee here. But we are trying to uh, be a little healthier with what we intake um, as far as it being more natural, less processed and stuff. Um, I do bread baking. Um, well, that's weird. My mic kind of changed up what it was doing. Um, I, I do bread baking here, um, baking from scratch, I'm trying to use less processed flour and stuff. And um, even my daughter, my wonderful daughter-in-law um, gave us some sourdough starter. So I've been keeping that going. We've been making sourdough bread and stuff like that, trying to be a little more healthy, um, not eating a lot of bread, but trying to it, make it a little more healthy and stuff. But, and I say all that to talk about the coffee, um, where we were shopping, I found some decaf. Of course, I had to look through all the wonderful flavors of coffee. Um, not that I'm a big flavor, but at the ro wonderful roasts of coffee that I know are good. And uh, but I found some that is roasted by solar energy. It's actually solar roasted at a relatively low temperature. Um, that's a decaf. So I decided, and it was, it was affordable. So I went ahead and got some. So I do have my coffee this morning. So that that's that's much better. Don't get me wrong. I love my uh, tea, my uh, Earl Grey tea in the morning too. But um, this was this is nice to have a little bit of something else until my Black Rifle coffee shipment gets here. Just decaf, just so you know. That great coffee. Really, really enjoy it. Um, they got a huge variety, so I would definitely recommend you go take a look and see what you can find. And of course, like I've said, they're a veteran-owned business, so I tend to want to support them being a veteran myself. So... Like I said, I have coffee. So all of that to say I have coffee. So now you know, yes, people are right. I ramble. Um, so we've got our scripture set up this morning. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Resting on God. As I've said, our first two prayers, as I've said each week uh, or each day, um, 
first two prayers are going to be resting on God in grace and trials. Here we go. O God, most high, most glorious, the thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me, for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Thy power knows no bond, thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion, and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows, to leave every concern entirely to thee, every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart. Let me live near to the great shepherd. Hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicate it, see Jesus as its essence, know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. Amen. Grace and trials. Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. I am sinful even in my closest walk with thee. It is of thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross, by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me. For it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults. Keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more of thy peace, more of thy love. Thy Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot preserve or improve them, unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust in thy promised help, and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee. For Jesus' sake, amen. <coughs> and now, let me get some coffee here. Man, this is not bad. Um, all right, second day morning, Monday being the second day, second day morning. Let's call it, the title is God over all. O God, all sufficient, thou hast made and upholdest all things by the word of thy power. Darkness is thy pavilion, thou walkest on the wings of the wind. All nations are nothing before thee. One generation succeeds another, and we hasten back to the dust. The heavens we behold will vanish away like the clouds that cover them. The earth we tread on will dissolve as a morning dream. 
but thou unchangeable and incorruptible art forever and ever. God over all, blessed eternally, infinitely great and glorious art thou. We are thy offspring and thy care. Thy hands have made and fashioned us. Thou hast watched over us with more than parental love, more than maternal tenderness. Thou hast holden our life, our soul in life, excuse me, thou hast holden our soul in life and not suffered our feet to be moved. Thy divine power has given us all things necessary for life and godliness. Let us bless thee at all times and forget, forget not how thou hast forgiven our iniquities, healed our diseases, redeemed our lives from destruction, crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfied our mouths with good things, renewed our youth like the eagles, like the eagles. May thy holy scriptures govern every part of our lives and regulate the discharge of all our duties so that we may adorn thy doctrine in all things. Amen. All right. And now the September 12, 2022 morning version of Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. The scripture for this is Nahum 1 and 2. God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. <clears throat> your Lord is very jealous of your love, O believer. Did he choose you? He cannot bear that you should choose another. Did he buy you with his own blood? He cannot endure that you should think that you are very, your own or that you belong to this world. He loved you with such a love that he would not stop in heaven without you. He would sooner die than you should perish and he cannot endure that anything should stand between your heart's love and himself. He is very jealous of your trust. He will not permit you to trust in an arm of flesh. He cannot bear that you should hew out broken cisterns when the overflowing fountain is always free to you. When we lean upon him, he is glad. But when we transfer our dependence to another, when we re rely upon our own wisdom or the wisdom of a friend, worst of all, when we trust in any work, works of our own, he is displeased and will chasten us that he may bring us to himself. He is also very jealous of our company. There should be no one with whom we converse so much as with Jesus. To abide in him only, this is true love. But to commune with the world, to find sufficient solace in our carnal comforts, to prefer even the society of our fellow Christians to secret intercourse with him, this is grievous to our jealous Lord. He would fain have us abide in him and enjoy constant fellowship with himself. And many of the trials which he sends us are for the purpose of weaning our hearts from the creature and fixing them more closely upon himself. Let this jealousy which would keep us near to Christ be also a comfort to us. For if he loves us so much as to care thus about our love, we may be sure that he will suffer nothing to harm us and will protect us from all our enemies. Oh, that we may have grace this day to keep our hearts in sacred chastity for our beloved alone, with sacred jealousy shutting our eyes to all the fascinations of the world. What an awesome devotional this morning. All right, we are to our Bible reading. I'm going to take a quick swig of coffee here. I definitely need a cough button. I've thought about using the mic on-off switch, but it's a little kludgy, so I'm not sure that'll work, but we'll see, because I'm sure you're tired of hearing me cough. All right, our Bible reading today. 
Second, starting with Second Samuel 7. Now it happened when the king inhabited his house, and Yahweh had given him rest on every side from all his enemies, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I inhabit a house of cedar, but the ark of God inhabits tent curtains. So Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for Yahweh is with you. Now it happened in the same night that the word of Yahweh came to Nathan, saying, Go and say to my servant David, Thus says Yahweh, Are you the one who would build me a house to inhabit? For I have not inhabited a house since the day I brought up the sons of Israel from Egypt, even to this day. But I have been going about in a tent, even in a tabernacle. Wherever I have gone about with all the sons of Israel, did I speak a word with one of the tribes of Israel, which I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a, a house of cedar? So now, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says Yahweh of hosts, I myself took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in their own place, and not be disturbed again. And the unrighteous will not afflict them any more as formerly, even from the day that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Yahweh also declares to you that Yahweh will make a house for you. When your days are fulfilled, and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up one of your seed after you, who will come forth from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. When he commits, when he commits iniquity, I will reprove him with the rod of men, and the strikes from the sons of men. But my loving kindness shall not be removed from him, as I removed it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. Then David the king went in and sat before Yahweh. And he said, Who am I, O Lord Yahweh? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet this was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord Yahweh. For you have spoken also of the house of your slave concerning the distant future. And this is the law of man, O Lord Yahweh. And again, what more can David say to you? And you know your slave, O Lord Yahweh. For the sake of your word and according to your own heart, you have done all this greatness to let your, your slave know. For this reason you are great, O Lord Yahweh. For there is none like you, and there is no God besides you according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation on the earth is like your people Israel, whom God went to redeem for himself as a people, and to make a name for himself, and to do a great thing for you, and awesome things for your land, before your people whom you have redeemed for yourself from Egypt, from nations and their gods. Yet you have established for yourself your people Israel, as your own people forever, and you, O Yahweh, have become their God. So now, O Yahweh God, the word that you have spoken concerning your slave and concerning his house, establish it forever, and do as you have spoken, that your name may be magnified forever, 
by saying, Yahweh of hosts is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David shall be established before you. For you, O Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, have revealed in the hearing of your slave, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore your slave has found courage in his heart to pray this prayer to you. So now, O Lord Yahweh, you are God and your words are truth, and you have promised the good things to your slave. So now be pleased and bless the house of your slave, that it may be forever before you. For you, O Lord Yahweh, have spoken, and with your blessing may the house of your slave be blessed forever. Okay, 2 Corinthians 1. Drink some more coffee here. Mm. All right. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are throughout Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ, ab Christ abounded to us, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. But whether we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation, or whether we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is working in your perseverance in the same sufferings which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even to live. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not have confidence in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead who rescued us from so great a peril of death, and will rescue us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet rescue us. You also joining and helping us through your prayers on our behalf, so that thanks may be given on our behalf by many persons for the gracious gift bestowed on us through the prayers of many. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in holiness and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially toward you. For we write nothing else to you than what you read, what you read and understand, and I hope you will understand until the end, just as you also partially did understand us, that we are your reasons for boasting, as you also are ours, and the day of our Lord Jesus. And in this confidence, I intended at first to come to you, so that you might receive grace twice, that is, to pass your way into Macedonia, and again from Macedonia to come to you, and by you to be helped on my journey to Judea. Therefore was I vacillating when I intended to do this? Or what, what I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh, so that with me there will be yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? But as God is faithful, our word to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, and Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but has become yes in him. For as many as are the promises of God, in him they are yes. 
Therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us as God, who also sealed us and gave the pledge of the Spirit in our hearts. But I call God as witness to my soul, that to spare you I did not come again to Corinth, not that we lorded over your faith, but are workers with you for your joy, for in your faith you are standing firm. All right, in Ezekiel 15, and I'm sorry, I should have, I meant to say this at the beginning, but the links to all of these that I'm reading are in the show notes, as well as links to where you can um, purchase hard copies of the Valley Vision, uh, Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and the Legacy Standard Bible. So anyway, sorry, back to our reading. Ezekiel 15. Then the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, how is the wood of the vine better than any wood of a branch which is among the trees of the forest? Can wood be taken from it to make anything? Or can men take a peg from it on which to hang any vessel? Any vessel? If it has been put into the fire for fuel, and the fire has consumed both, both of its ends, and its middle part has been charred, is it then useful for anything? Behold, while it is intact, it is not made into anything. How much less, when the fire has consumed it and it is charred, can it still be made into anything? Therefore thus says Lord Yahweh, As the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fire for fuel, so have I given up the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will give my face to be against them. Though they have come out of the fire, yet the fire will consume them. Then you will know that I am Yahweh, when I set my face against them. Thus I will give over the land to desolation, because they have acted unfaithfully, declares you, Lord Yahweh. <clears throat> A little bit of coffee here. Psalm 56. Be gracious to me, O God, for man has trampled upon me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My foes have trampled upon me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I will trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? All day long they distort my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They attack, they lurk, they watch my heels as they have hoped to take my life. On account of their wickedness, will they have an escape? In anger, bring down the peoples, O God. You have taken account of my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me, in God whose word I praise, in Yahweh whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Your vows are binding upon me, O God. I will fulfill thank offerings to you, for you have delivered my soul from death, indeed my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before God in the light of the living. In Psalm 57, Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will take refuge, until destruction passes by, I will call to God Most High, to God who accomplishes all things for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He reproaches him who tramples upon me. God will send his loving kindness and his truth. My soul is among lions. 
I am lying down among those who breathe forth fire, sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit before me. They themselves have fallen into the midst of it. My heart is set, O God. My heart is set. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises. Awake, my glory. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your loving kindness is great to the heavens, and your truth to the skies. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. Amen. Okay, and that's our reading for this morning. Um, I was thinking about it. I Sorry, I, I had to cut. You can only do 30-minute segments. And I wanted to have some room to talk with you here for a minute, so I went ahead and saved that segment, and so I had to wait for a minute, and I was thinking about it. Um, and I know was, I've said repeatedly on the podcast um, that I would pray that this time that you and I spend together um, each morning for anybody that's actually bothering to listen, and I don't know that it's that many. And again, I, as I've said before, it's not about me. None of this is to make people know who I am. It's to help people know who God is, to know who Jesus Christ is, to know what they've done for us and what they've done for us if we come to a saving faith in Christ and what, honestly, they'll do to us, what the wrath of God will do to us if we don't come to a saving faith in Christ. And so that's why I do this each morning. Um, and and it, it it's, it's a labor of love. Um, even as short as I've been doing it, it is a labor of love. I, I find myself that I, I feel like I've got to get up and do this each morning um, for you and for me. Um, it actually, um, honestly, I've found that reading, reading the scriptures out loud kind of sets them a little bit harder than, than if I sit quietly and read Don't Don't, don't get me wrong. I love sitting quietly and read anybody that's known me for most of my life knows that I'm an avid reader. Um, and actually in the later part of my life, I got away from that, um, and noticed real changes cognitively. Um, and so I've got myself back into reading constantly, a lot of it in the scripture, but in a lot of other things, I, I love to read history books. I, I tend to be, um, a military historian, an amateur, very amateur military historian. Um, but on the book, if you could, if I was on video, you'd see behind me sets of bookshelves in my office that are loaded with books. A lot of them theological, um, that I've been very, very blessed with by my, from my brother, Joe Grizzle, um, who's a, an under shepherd. Um, definitely a wonderful pastor. Um, and I miss greatly who is, um, often Abilene, Texas preaching. Um, and what a wonderful, how blessed his church is to have him out there. But a number of them are also military history books. So I, I am an avid reader, um, as well. Um, and have become more so in the last 10 years than I had been for a while. I'd gotten way caught up on video and all kinds of others. and was kind of losing myself. Um, but I would definitely recommend, I know, I've like I've said, I, and, and this is going, actually going somewhere, and I know that doesn't sound like it, but with my constantly speaking to you of being in prayer and being in the word, um, and, and I do, like I said, in the show notes, I do include a link to the legacy standard Bible, but there are others out there as well. Um, I would definitely encourage if you don't have one, or if you, you feel like you need a new one. 
um, I've spoken before, I think, um, that while the legacy standard is the most recent um, translation and is the most texturally accurate, um, you'll notice I, I use the word Yahweh a lot in our readings today. Um, David, in 2 Samuel 7, his prayer to God at that point, he constantly referred to himself as a slave. You'll notice other translations do not use that word except the Hebrew behind that. That's exactly what it means, a slave. And a lot of translations have not wanted to use that word because of the, because of our, uh, where our society has come with its evaluation as slave. When we say, think of slave, we think of the chattel slavery of the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries um, in America, in England, and whatever, that chattel slavery, that's not the word that, so so it has a horrid negative impact. Um, in the Hebrew world, it didn't have that same connotation, but David did truly consider himself a slave of God, possessed by God. And honestly, that's what we should be. We should be slaves of Christ. If if we are to come to a saving faith in Christ, we've got to start viewing ourselves instead of in our own um, pride and self-reliance and all that. We've got to be slaves of Christ. We've got to die to sin because if we're not slaves of Christ, we're slaves of sin. The scriptures state that clearly. If we are not slaves of Christ, we are slaves of sin. We have one master or another, and it's either sin or Jesus Christ slash God. Okay? That's fact. That is scriptural fact. That is fact. I don't want to be a slave of sin. I was a slave of sin for almost 40 years of my life. I was very late coming to a saving faith in Christ. Um, I say very late, but I came to Christ in God's good time. Um, and that was ordained from before the foundations of the earth. So, um, you know, while I may feel it was late, it was not. It happened in God's good time when he, when he did it. And you'll notice at times I'll say, you know, um, if God allows, you know, or, or if God ordains, um, that's because it's his plan, not mine. I may, I can make all the human plans I want to, but unless God has ordained it, I may not accomplish it. But I would also tell you that there are, so anyways, I'm making a point that there are also other translations out there that are very, very solid. Um, the one, the one I actually preach from most of the time, because I don't have a hard copy of legacy standard Bible but that I love and I've been reading in for years is the new American standard Bible, um, the 1995 edition, not the 2020, but the 1995 edition, my preacher's Bible is in that version, but also my MacArthur study Bible. So th this is where I'm getting to. You can get a relatively inexpensive version of the MacArthur study Bible. It is a wonderful tool. I have worn mine out. Mine is falling apart. There are pages coming out of it. And I still use it. I still use it to study Dr. MacArthur, Dr. MacArthur's, John MacArthur's study notes in there are wonderful. His, his study notes um, and his cross-references are awesome. It in and of itself is a wonderful tool. Another wonderful tool from Ligonier Ministries you can get. Oh, I'm sorry. The MacArthur Study Bible you can get from Grace to You. And you can get it all kinds of different versions. Very, very expensive, well-made when I got it initially and my wife actually got it for me with my name inscribed on it, but it was a relatively inexpensive, I think it was a 30, $35 version of it. And I got her one of the same. Hers is in better shape than mine. Not that she uses it less. She's just not as hard on Bibles as I am. 
which is why my preacher's Bible stays in a cover um, to keep me from destroying it. Um, but another one from Ligonier Ministries is the Reformation Study Bible. Um, and I got mine when I got that. I got it in the ESV, the English Standard Version. That is also a very good version. Very, very good translation. It can be a little easier to read and comprehend. So that's why I have my Reformation Study Bible in the ESV. Um, it has great study notes from Dr. R.C. Sproul. Um, they're wonderful. Um, and it also contains, if you get the right version of it, mine actually has... Um, um, since he's Presbyterian, but but these are great documents. The Heidelberg Catechism, the West, uh, yeah, Westminster, um, shorter and longer catechisms, um, Confession of Faith, all of those. It, it's got so many extra documents in there, along with the study notes. It is a wonderful, and it definitely gives such a grasp of where these these godly men were coming through the Reformation. So again any of those, please get yourself one of them, get some kind of study Bible, but I would definitely recommend those above anything else I've come across because their study notes are wonderful. And I can say that from experience um, and their translation, the translations are really good. Um, and if eventually, honestly, if um, Dr. If Grace to you and Dr. MacArthur come out with another um, uh, MacArthur study Bible, come out with a version in the legacy standard, I, I will be gathering that up very quickly. <clears throat> Honestly, with mine falling apart, I may get another NASB 95 to let you know. But so I wanted to make sure I said that. The other thing I was thinking is through our reading today, as much as these are very disparate chapters, together they make a very, very clear picture to you and I. And I feel like we, I, I, that's why I felt I wanted to have a little bit extra time with you this morning. And I'm sorry, this may draw out and you may go, oh, I'm done and click off. I understand that. I've been that person. But I felt like I needed to share this with you. It is very, very easy in our world today for you and I. We are constantly told by the media <clears throat> the people around you, us from the different generations, they talk so much about morally trying to be a good, good, right, and upstanding person. And don't get me wrong, that's not a bad thing to say, but they're speaking of it from a moralistic standpoint. We can put up a facade that looks like a good person. But the fact is, without it be being driven by a saving faith in Christ, which drives an obedience to God and a striving and, a, and, and just a panting like, like um, one, one of the, and I can't even remember the scripture, it talks about the dough panting after the brook, that we pant after the word of God. And in so doing, we pant after being obedient to God and obedient in obeying the commandments and in obeying and truly loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and lo truly loving our neighbors as ourselves, loving them so much that we'll bring the gospel to them and make clear that their sins condemn them to hell. And there's not a one of us out there that is not a sinner, that is not a sinner. The only difference between those who will be saved and those who will have eternity with God and those who will be condemned to hell 
is this is a saving faith in Jesus Christ. It is the grace of God alone that stands between the two. And we saw that in our scriptures today. We saw in Ezekiel 15, Ezekiel being one of those prophets. And God is very, very clear. Israel, who were his chosen people, he chose them out of all the world. But he was pounding down his wrath on them because they were disobedient. They were sure that they were self-righteously in good standing. But he was bringing his wrath on them, his just wrath, because they weren't. That's you and me. We can run around thinking that we're these great people. And, and that's why one of the, one of the greatest um, things out of the Reformation, it comes from Tulip, it's, it's, and I won't go, it's basically from Calvinism. But total depravity, that doctrine of total depravity, what you saw in my readings from the other day, that no one does good, not even one. That's me. That's why total depravity hits me because it was the conviction of my total depravity that brought me to a saving faith in Christ, that put me on my knees in just abject terror, but then in, in just abject humility and, and, and abject shame. It was the realization of my sinfulness and my nasty, disgusting self-righteousness and that none of it could bring me to a saving faith in Christ. And I say this lovingly, you're no different. None of us are. The scriptures are very clear. Every one of us from birth are that way. And unless we come to a saving faith in Christ, unless we approach God, unless we approach Christ like David did in 2 Samuel in that prayer, where he considered himself a slave of God. He put no strength in himself, no reaching for his own strength. And we saw that in the Psalms. No reaching, no standing on our own strength. That 2 Corinthians, Paul's very clear. No standing on our own strengths. There's none of that. That it's totally in him, that we rest on him. That 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 is it. Unless we rest on the grace and mercy of God, unless we hit our knees in abject shame and turn from the self-righteousness of this world, this strutting around thinking we're good people and we can stand up on the soapbox and look down at and point at other people. And, and I know there's been people out there that have gone around doing good deeds. Yeah, so... The majority of the cases, if you, if you really get down to it, they were self-righteous. And they were done, in a sense, to bring glory to self. And that can't be where we are. And I know I'm one of those people running around doing good deeds as I was a teenager and a young adult and all that stuff. And that's why people thought I was a good guy. But I wasn't. But I wasn't. When it truly came to it as I hit late thirties heading to 40 that I was brought to my knees by the wonderful preaching of a, of an awesome man brought to my knees by, by God working through that man to bring me to my knees and a realization that the only hope of salvation I had 
was in the grace of God and was in a saving faith in Jesus Christ, which set me for the, for the Holy Spirit to work the act of regeneration in me. And I would pray that that would be something that would come for you. And to get yourself ready for that, because I had already started this other stuff, <clears throat> to get yourself ready to that for that. And God is very clear. You've got to be in the Word of God. You've got to be in prayer. We have to be in the Word of God and in prayer. Both before this and after this. Which is why I keep, why I'm doing this. To get the Word of God to you. To keep it in your ears. To keep it in your head. That's why I do it. Because it keeps the word of God before me and it keeps my eyes on the word of God. It keeps my eyes on the spiritual. It doesn't take me away from doing doing my job, computer programmer, doing my job daily and taking care of my family. But what it does do is it keeps my mind spiritually focused, at, at least to a certain extent. I still stumble daily like we all will. <clears throat> but I also daily come back before Christ and repent. And bring those sins back and put them at the foot of the cross. Cross, And I would pray that you would do the same thing. I would truly pray that you would come to a saving faith in Christ. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for getting us together this morning. For allowing me the ability to be able to sit down here and uh, bring your word and the prayers and devotions of such godly men that, that you ordained out to get them out there so that all could hear, so that the gospel could be spread and so that we could be edified and equipped by your word. Dear Lord, I would pray for all of us that we, we, would, we would constantly and forever be on our knees in humility. It's shame at the... Shame at the um, sins but in humility to truly know that we must be slaves to you we're either slaves to sin or slaves to you and lord i would pray that we would truly truly be on our knees in supplication before you and that we would truly pray that you would send the Holy Spirit to us, that you would bring us to a saving faith in Christ, that you would work that work of regeneration in us to remove that heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh so that we would truly be your children. Dear Lord, I would pray that for the listeners, anybody that hears this. And I would pray that for myself and for any of those listeners that are already saved, that it would help us, that it would shape us, and it would continue to mold us so that more and more, as Ephesians 5 1 says, that we would be imitators of you. In your name we pray. Amen. Go have a great day today. And anything you do today, do it for the glory of God. God bless you. Mm -hmm.